We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. podcast you know andy i always think it's funny we uh we, we've been pre-recording a little bit and then you know we we do the beginning part of the podcast after the game because we don't want to stay up till 2 a.m uh and you know so tonight's a different thing we're going to discuss trade rumors and the second half of the podcast and uh, it's it's just funny because uh you know in the second half we we probably are a little let's just say uh our opinions on kelly Oubre might might not have been as positive uh with regards to trades if if we saw the full game before we it you know just like just like warriors just like this whole warrior season has been you can't be too happy you can't be too sad you know it's just a roller coaster up and down so it is fitting that our podcasts are like that right now just up and down you know we're energetic we're happy and then you get us now we're recording right after the game here and we're just like I, Sam, I don't even know what to say. Like the only real take I have is that I think this is one of the dumbest teams in the NBA. I disagree with you there, but um, what, one of the dumbest. Oh, I think it's one of the least skilled. I don't think it's <laughs> dumb. I think everyone looks dumb when you're trying to have them run a system <laughs> that's too complicated for them. Like, like I don't think the Houston Rockets would look good running a motion offense. We have Daniel House and <laughs> um, Jay Sean Tate and uh, Christian Wood. Christian Wood's a good player, but I don't know if Christian Wood's a decision maker. You know what I mean? Um, trying to do things that they're not set out for. Uh, so I think I think the Warriors are especially set up to look really bad when they have bad games because like Kelly Oubre's I would not describe him as a decision maker in terms of his place. I mean, I mean, even like, and I like this. I like where you're going with it, by the way. And I'm liking the Steve Kerr dig. I'm liking the Steve Kerr jab because any time that I watched Brad Wanamaker be the first initiator of an offense in the second unit, I kill myself. Ken Bazemore and Damian Lee had a possession where they literally just took, put their head down and drove right into the rack. And just, I don't even know what, what that was. Um, and then on defense, just the nonstop fouling, the backdoor against the team, Sam. And this this is the part that, look, I, I'm with you. The system is not working with these guys. But this is a team that's without Devin Booker and lost the Thunder last night. Dario, no Dario Saric. No, no Dario Saric, yeah. I mean, obviously Booker is the bigger loss. But, yeah, so, so we're recording. Just, that shouldn't happen. If it's not obvious, we're recording after the Suns game. Um, it shouldn't happen. I mean – let's take a step back here. The Warriors are 10 and nine. 
if I told you before the season started, there would be 10 to nine through 19, you'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. That, yeah, that, that's actually, yeah. I'd be, it's not awful. I thought it'd be a little worse than that, to be honest, but it, the way some of these games go is just what's hard to deal with because it's like, when they look bad, they look really fucking bad. Like just really bad. There's no other way to put it. Like, um, they don't look like they just, you know, lost it down the stretch. It's like they look terrible. Steph played well when he played tonight. Yep. Um, maybe we should start there. Do you think he should have done more or was it just, was it lost? It doesn't matter. I mean, the dude was 10 for 20, five for 10 from three. Meanwhile, the entire team shot 38% and 28% from three. So just subtracting his numbers and Wiggins numbers, no one could hit a shot all night, period. Yeah, this is, I've had a few games that we've talked about on the podcast where I felt Steph was a little too passive. Um, to start games and really even throughout the first quarter, I did not feel like this was one of those games. I did not. This is one of those games where I think Steph kind of knew that he would have to score 40 points. And I think if it was closer. He probably would have, right. You, you can say he didn't shoot the ball. He only shot it twice in the second quarter, but I think those are ebbs and flows that that's relatively okay. I think yeah, he, took I think 20 he, sh- he took 20 shots in 30 took, minutes. That's... If he played the full game, he would have had, like he would have had a great game. He had a great game anyway, but it's just one of those things where, I mean, everyone was atrocious. And, and I mean, Draymond Green was bad, right? And that's their second best player. So, um, Kelly Oubre didn't show up tonight. You just, you can't have a guy who's your third best scorer. You could probably say Oubre's your third best scorer, right? That's about right. Yeah. Be 0 for 29. <laughs> it's just not, it's just not, it's not okay. It's not acceptable. Like, it's not acceptable basketball. Like, you're a professional, man. What are you doing? Yeah. And so I want to, I mean, it's not like he's in the NBA finals. Are we, so, was tonight are you more annoyed with the offense or the defense because i can make the case either way like on the one hand draymond has way too many games where he's just a non-scoring threat and when i say a non-scoring threat like no one's expecting draymond to drop 20 i'm expecting draymond to just take backdoor cuts and score like when the lane is there just take the two points right um Looney does nothing scoring the ball and Wiseman apparently couldn't catch the ball tonight. Right. So just tonight, just tonight. Yeah. Just tonight. I mean, (laughs) maybe, maybe we took too much from the Minnesota games, (laughs) Uh, but the point, but the point stands. So like the offense was terrible, but at the same time, it was 55 52 in the second quarter. Obviously Steph was the only reason they were in the game at that point, keeping them afloat. Um, and then the Suns just started just hitting shots and they were open shots. And on some level, I feel like if you're going to be one of those teams who is inconsistent on offense, because outside of Steph Curry, everyone's inconsistent on offense on this roster. Actually, for some reason, Andrew Wiggins is not very inconsistent. So shout out Wiggs, but uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Wiggs. But mm-hmm. um, just no defense whatsoever either. You know, like I thought this was I thought the reason they play Ubre and Wiggins and Bazemore and Looney and all these guys together in lineups that make no sense offensively is for defense. Yep. Yeah, I was going to ask you to do the defense. I was going to ask you to talk about the defense because I'm more frustrated on the offensive. And that's that's the source of all my all my complaining. It's it's just there's no, in my opinion, any game to game adjustment that's being done. There's no this guy's playing well. Let's roll with him. This guy's playing well in the game. Let's play him. If he's not playing well, let's not play him. Just simple stuff like that. Or if there's a player that works, keep running that. Instead, it's just, it's just, hey, we're going to do this. And we've done this all season. And we've done this for the last half decade. Let's just keep at it. And I don't care who we have, who are the players that we have around us. Let's just have them figure it out. Right? And that's the point you're trying to make to start the podcast. Oh, Socrates. It's just, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm in pain. I'm watching Bonte right now wearing all brown today. What a weirdo. But (laughs) (laughs) you can talk about the defense. It's just the offense is killing me, man. Like Michael Mulder today, I feel bad for the guy because he's obviously not an NBA player, right? And he's out there on defense and he just is absolutely clueless. And on offense, he only gets like a couple shots, a couple threes. And when he shoots them, you know, it's not like he's Duncan Robinson. He's not that great of a shooter. So he clanks it, and you're just like, "Oh, what the hell? Why is he even? Why is he even playing? What's he even doing out there? You know what I mean?" Is Vontae wearing a shawl neck? Yeah, I don't know what he's wearing on top. It's really tight. 
it's like tight on his body very odd <laughs> i don't think people need to hear us live uh live react to this because they're not watching it with us but yeah okay so let's 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 get back on topic here um they're playing detroit next so i think i think what's frustrating though for me here is i think the suns was a winnable game yes it was it is, it is. it's like they are a good team the suns have a lot of guys i would like even without devin booker like you would like mikhail bridges on the warriors you'd like jay crowder on the warriors you'd like cam johnson on the warriors these are all guys who can shoot the ball and do some semblance of defense which gets to the overall point, which has been our kind of frustration with that, with the roster, which is there's too much focus on trying to find guys who can do everything instead of like, you know, find a guy who can kind of use his length and just hit some spot up shots. That's not so hard, right? Yeah. Find, find a guy that you could just put, you can just sit down and put in the corner and can actually defend a backdoor cut. You know, even Wiggins has to Wiggins was having problems tonight against a smart player, Mike Mikel Bridges, but not even asking for Mikel Bridges, right? We're asking for Jay Crowder. Can they develop a Jay Crowder? You know, like a, like Jay Crowder is the epitome of a mediocre shooter, but like he plays enough defense. He makes enough shots uh, and he's going to play in the NBA for, you know, decade plus. He's a good, he's, he's a good role player. He's, yeah. he's the, you know, you know what my Jake Crowder take is I think he's uh, a little underrated because the stat nerd crowd overrates him. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's like the crowd who just like, oh, J- you got to get a Jake Crowder on your team. You're like, okay, he's not that good, guys. But like, he does objectively help you win. You know, he does. You're, do you, some you're like, you're a snip snapping, you know, like Michael Scott in the office. You're, you, got, <laughs> you got the people that say, Jay, you know, you got the people that say Jay Crowder. I'm going to, I'm going to meta. I'm like re- yeah. backlash to the yeah, backlash yeah. to the yeah, backlash. Yeah. Anyway, I, he would have been nice on the Warriors. Like Jay Crowder would have been nice. You know, he's a, he's a tough player. And and that's the thing about the Warriors. They don't, they don't seem to, I'm sure they would have been nice to have Jay Crowder. It doesn't seem to me like they care about developing a Jay Crowder. That's, that's the thing. Like they don't really care about finding a guy that can, do literally two things that matter they care more about finding a guy that can do eight things right right <laughs> and and on who, some level who can do that nobody can do that it's hard man all right so i want to talk about uh, before we get to you know the second part of this podcast where we're kind of discussing the trade rumors have been floating i want to talk about two players because there's two players that i feel like we need to talk about tonight one is kelly Oubre, the other is draymond green so let's start on kelly Oubre here um horrendous game it's like a complete regression and i guess i want you know i i know where you stand because i talked to you way too much (laughs) but what do you want to see from kelly Oubre? assuming a trade isn't coming down in the next month what do you want to see from kelly Oubre? going forward so he can be more like the guy we saw against Minnesota and less like the guy we saw tonight against Phoenix. My general frustration from this game is that I think this is a bottom five IQ team and it starts with Kelly Oubre. It starts with Kelly Oubre because it's not that he doesn't really know where to go. Even when he gets the basketball, it doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing there. In the third quarter, he got the ball in the middle of the lane and I don't know how many options he has. I mean, he can probably kick it out. He can probably take a dribble and wait for someone to cut, right? Obviously, that's not his forte. So right. he looks at that situation. He's just like, well, he takes a dribble and he goes right into eight and he chucks up some like, 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 the, like he's shooting from the other side of the, like the rim. It obviously doesn't go in. And, and like that to me is just like the epitome of like the Warriors right now where you've got too many people that don't know what's going on. And it starts with Ubre. Like he doesn't know what's happening on offense. <laughs> and they're forcing him to do too many things. So he's just, he's just, he's just confused out there. So c- can he fix, can you fix that though, Sam? I don't know. On defense, he fouls Jay Crowder on a three and it's just like the most obvious thing ever, right? On a close eye. And you're just like, well, that's who, who could have seen that coming, right? Um, I don't know how you fix these things if you can. That's probably what I would like to see from Kelly Oubre moving forward is yet, is that some type of confidence, some type of like, you know what? If I get the ball here, I'm only going to do one thing or two things. And not just like he just seems confused, you know what I mean? And and that's the source of all like the dumb plays that the Warriors are going through right now. Yeah, and to me, it kind of gets back to our our broader question, which is: so I understand Steve Kerr kind of wants to; he's willing to live with the growing pains for what's going to come. We've seen growth 
from day one till now, which I mean, I, I should hope we've seen growth since the Nets game, but, uh, but it comes down to the basic point of, do I ever think Kelly Oubre is going to get it on this level? I, I don't. I think Kelly Oubre is a slasher who is a play finisher. I just don't know that Kelly Oubre is a guy who should be making decisions ever. Like, it's just not his game. Um, he's more of a four than he is a two to me. I, he He's at his best when he's kind of slashing and he's using his athleticism to dunk. He hits a couple jumpers because he's got a little adrenaline going. But like, if you're asking him to be Iguodala or someone like that who makes decisions, I just don't think he's hardwired that way. Like, I think maybe Wiggins can do some of that, but like, he's just not that guy. So I, I just think that's what we're going to see this year. Like, you know, we'll get games like the Minnesota game where he's just physically dominant and finishing everything and hitting shots. And then on the flip side, we're going to get games like tonight where you're like, dude, what do you like? I, I don't even know what else to say. Like, I don't even get mad about it. I just like watch it. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know where your mind is on this play, but because like, I just, I've watched too much Kelly Oubre over the years to like have this expectation that he's right. going to be some five, six assists, like playmaking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, I think that's, that's probably the best way to put it is that, Hey, you can be as angry about Kelly Oubre or nor about Kelly Oubre as you want, but you got to understand where it's coming from. He's not put in a situation to succeed. And if he's not, what do you expect him to do? Like, nobody's expecting me, uh, like, like nobody's expecting us to like get, you know, uh, Bill Simmons downloads on a podcast. Like what if somebody acquires us and they're like, get Bill Simmons downloads. Right. And we're like, Oh, we do good numbers, but geez, like we're not going to do millions a week. You know what I mean? Oh, like, oh, don't, don't, don't tell the people that they, they assume that's we- right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Right. That's right. You know? So it's, it's like, you gotta like, what are we doing here? Anyway, uh, you want to talk about Draymond. Um, is what we want Draymond's a little okay so Draymond's more concerning for me for for a multiple reasons Ooh. one um we're gonna talk about it later but I don't know if Kelly Uber is gonna be on this roster in a year you know so or or two months <laughs> sure <laughs> um, we'll, get to it. we'll get to it Draymond's meanwhile uh, he's just walking the line of how effective a player can be while being like horrendous as a scoring threat. And I don't know what to do with that because uh, tonight he just looked, he looked tired. He looked out of shape. He, he wasn't trying to score the ball in any capacity. He's still intelligent. Like a few of the passes he threw were the type of things that like literally only like LeBron James and Chris Paul do in terms of just like speed recognition and placement. Right. Uh, But at the same time, it's like, Sometimes you feel like he's out there and you're like, all he has is IQ. He's not moving quick. He has no offensive threat. And I don't want to say it worries me, but I I just kind of like watch it. And I'm like, you need a little more from him than just knowing he's really smart. I want, if there's someone listening, I want you to pull up the stats or I want you to see whether I'm right or not. It feels like, his legs aren't there when he plays road games. It, it, it feels like road Ooh, games. That is, yeah. that is a good stat. So I looked this up. Oh, you did? Pre, uh, in the middle of the game. Mind melt. Um, and you are statistically correct, but the problem is they've only, he's only played three road games. <laughs> so it's Utah, it's Denver, and it's tonight, right? It's those three. No, no, no. There's, uh, there's, there's another one, one. There's one other mixed in there, and it's going to kill me that I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, so it's four road games now, but it's yeah, Utah, Denver, and oh, LA, duh, the, the Laker game. Uh, um, well, yeah, we know why he lost his legs in LA. Just kidding, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's shoot in three road games, he's shooting 29% from the field. Uh, it's also yeah. just three games, so it, you know, it's it's gonna be heavily skewed by the Utah and Denver game where he was disgusting, right? So um, which reminds me, God, they've been playing a lot of home games. Uh, I guess not that, but it just it just feels like he comes out there. I mean, also tonight, second half of a back to back. Though the Suns were on the second half of back to back, so that sh- excuse shouldn't be there. It's not like Draymond's forty years old, but the, the road Ste- game. Steph didn't look tired. Steph looked. I mean, God, Steph is incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. Marathon runner. Yeah, let, let's pivot to just marveling at Steph being. Yeah, let's let's yeah ever. let's get <laughs> some happy stuff in here going on before we get out of here. Uh, Draymond, yeah, maybe the road stuff. Maybe it's a problem. Maybe it's the legs. Whatever. Get on the peloton. 
You know, get get on the Alex Toussaint vibe. Great. Maybe less Peloton. Maybe that's why his legs are tired. He's trying to sell to get into good shape that he just enters games tired. Like I know, you know, you hit you hit the bike hard. You get a little stiff. You get a little, a little tired, you know? Yeah, stiff right now. Um, yeah, let's, let's close it out with Steph. Looks fantastic tonight. Um, man, you know, it's it's hard to see. I don't want to say this year is being wasted. I don't think there's anything they could have done uh, to get this team to be the championship team. But it is great to see Steph play the way he, he is, Sam. Like, he's going to get to 40%. I texted you this morning that uh, um, he's, a, he's, a better, he's a better second-half shooter. Right. So like we're going to see fireworks here in the second half and I'm like really looking forward to it. Uh, and, and, and he's got like the whole rhythm back. He's out there just playing. You know, we, maybe I wanted to be more aggressive, but it is what it is. He still could average 30 points a game <laughs> regardless. So, man, he, he's the second half should be fun. Yeah, he's 90. He's 39.56 percent from three on the season. Yep. If you subtract the first two games, which you can't do. He is, you know, like 42%, like Steph, Steph, he's, he's going to shoot his percentages. Once he gets his legs, it's fine. Um, And on that note, you know, we'll discuss this later. No one's, I don't think he's holding it against the Warriors that clay tore his Achilles the day of the draft before the camp started. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but there will be some moves that have to be made because I don't think he's going to want to go through another season like this. I don't think he wants to waste the last few years of his prime carrying a mediocre team to slightly above 500. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One more season of this. Yeah. And and I don't think that there will be another season of this, but we will talk about that a lot more. Um, it's just good to see Steph play well, man. It's um, after the first couple games there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A lot of noise. Um, it's good to see him play well. They've got they've got a few uh, winnable games coming. they got the Pistons. They've got the Spurs twice and the Mavs twice. Sam, like the Spurs and the Mavs are in the, I think, the Suns tier. Like, like right now, like they're not, none of these teams are like that much better than each other. Although the Suns look like they were, you know, miles better than the Spurs, uh, the Warriors tonight, but the Warriors should be able to be in these games and, and be able to win these games. So we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment.
And so going into our next segment, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but Wednesday night uh, after the Warriors beat the Wolves a second time, um, I thought that the post game was super interesting. Steve Kerr, I haven't seen Steve Kerr that adamantly denying trade rumors in a long time. Usually Steve Kerr is like, well, you know, these things happen. Uh, didn't come from us this time. He's like, he, he was outright like fake news. Oh, blah, blah. you know, like he was so um, adamant that like, they're not trying to trade Kelly Oubre. That would never come out from them and all sorts of stuff. Uh, I thought that was interesting because uh, to me, it seemed like he was clearly trying to like protect the organization and protect Kelly. Yeah. The guy known for ego management uh, more so than I think anything else so far in his tenure, <clears throat> excuse me more so in his tenure as a coach. I mean, he's, he's got a set system. Um, he's brought in Ron Adams, who's fantastic on defense, but what he's been really great at is massaging the egos of NBA players, right? Andre Godala having him take a, a bench role, uh, working with Draymond Green through kind of the tough times when they were battling together, right? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and then Kevin Durant, um, and, and helping him fit into a team that had like three other superstars, two, two, two other superstars. So, um, I think this is part of what he's trying to do. It's not that Kelly Oubre is a superstar, but Sam, they kind of need Kelly Oubre to be engaged every single night. They can't have him kind of drifting away from the team if trade rumors get to him, right? So this part this part feels like that to me because I don't think that they I, – I think Steve's lying. Like, they're for sure trying to trade him or they're for sure having discussions. It's just they don't yeah, want to lose yeah. the guy maybe. So we should, we should back that up. Um, if Kelly Oubre leaves in free agency, you know, whether he gets a bigger offer or they just decide he's not a good fit, whatever it may be, they're over the cap. So they can't use that money to sign someone else. So all they can do is replace him with someone like Brad Wanamaker or Damian Lee or someone on a veteran minimum. So like, it's kind of, the team has an obligation to at least see what the market is to see if it makes sense. Right. Like that, that goes without saying, but yeah, the Kerr thing's super interesting because even if you listen to Ubre's post game, um, he was he sounded a little hurt to me. He, like he sounded like uh, he didn't like 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 my read on Kelly Ubre is I think he really wants to stay on the Warriors. I think it's the first time he's been in a uh, uh, a good situation. You know, um, the Wizards are. Uh, well, we'll talk about the Wizards later, but um, you know, and then Phoenix is whatever, right? This is like the first time he's been in kind of like a upper tier organization. He has a real chance to, um, you know, kind of have stability in his career, right? And and then to top it off, he's been playing awful to start the season, right? So it's like I just get the vibe that he's uh, he's probably pressing too much. You know, I kind of feel bad for him a little bit because it feels like every time he misses a shot, he's overthinking and all that sort of stuff. And then. Yeah. The trade rumor, I, that's probably why Steve was doing it. He's like, this guy's already like way too in his own head. I don't need him to completely freak out all the time. Like, let him know that we trust him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the guy was playing for his career last night. It seemed like he was out there 20 minutes, didn't miss a shot to the second half of the game, didn't miss a shot to like the fourth quarter or something. So um, hitting, hitting threes off the dribble, uh, you know, playing his usual defense, going right to the rim. So – his best, his best game of the season. That's the that's the funniest thing. Seven of nine, 20 points, nine yeah. rebounds, um, two two steals, a block. Um, that's I like mean, peak Ubre, though. You know what I mean? Like that's that's, yeah, that's just kind I of mean, that's that's what you're hoping to get from him all year, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, it's it's to me before the season started, compared Ubre and Wiggins in terms of guys who were bad situations seemed happy to be in golden state. Um, hopefully you get a little bit more out of them than, than what you, what you've seen before what you've seen on previous other teams. Yeah. Yeah. And with Wiggins, you're, we're getting that, you know, he's shooting 40% plus from three, which is like, what is going on? And then he's, and he's playing like fantastic top 10 in blocks. Like top 10, that... he's a defensive player of the year. He's a two, two way wigs, all-star Sam, you know, all types of, all types of cool stuff, feel good story. And we're not getting that from Ubre. Um, but he seems genuinely ecstatic to be on the team. And that's why I think it hits harder because he's gotten traded twice already. He's probably not going to be in the Warriors next season. He probably knows that. And, and yeah, I think I he's kind of, he, he kind of is like playing for his, I mean, like he's going to make a lot of money. Let's be clear. But, who, but like, other than that, like, does he want to go to play for OKC next season? Sam, like, like, you know what I mean? Like what, what's gonna, like, he doesn't, he wants to stay here. He knows who he's with. He's going to be with Steph, Trey and, 
and Wiseman and and, and Clay, right? Like he knows everyone wants to, everyone wants to enjoy their their uh, their situation, yeah. right? He seems pretty happy, and um, you know, so let's take it to the rumor. The rumor was with the Pelicans. So perfect example of like just going back to another team that's like constantly in like trade point kind of yep. style. Like, it, like I don't think you'd be that upset if the trade rumor was you go to the uh, Miami. Yeah, exactly. Like a good culture would be like, well, you know, that'd be that'd be kind of cool too. They're you know it's kind of a similar situation. I you know I'll get my, the most out of myself there, but it's like the Pelicans. That's like going to another Wizards, you know. I don't want to do that if I'm him. Um, yeah, but yep, it's business, and so we we should talk about that. Um, so I think uh, Bovada actually. Let me pull this up right now. Bovada has odds. What uh, do they have odds for Stafford to the Niners, Sam? What what are those odds? You got those, <laughs> <laughs> you got those odds? No, nah, the odds are uh, most likely to be traded before the trade deadline. Lonzo Ball is number one. Okay, and num- tied for number two is JJ Redick. Okay. Both of them, their contracts match up with Ubre. Uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. And and in third, we have Windhorse leaking that they clearly want to trade their backcourt. They like Kyra Lewis. They're Nikhil. I mean, they're they're terrible. So they're they're like we got when you're terrible, you might as well shake it up, right? Um, so it doesn't take a genius to see that those are the two names that uh, that maybe the Warriors had a conversation about whether the Pelicans or the Warriors instigated it. I don't even think it matters, right? Um, I'm going to assume it was Lonzo, though, because I just can't see the Warriors. As much as they probably like J.J. Redick, he's 37 now. You know, well, like they love J.J. Redick. They're very in on getting younger, though. Oh, but we got, we got the new J.J. Redick. We got Justinian Jessa. <laughs> um, but you you know as well as I do, they're very in on getting younger. Um, and so let's talk about Lonzo a little bit here. Oh, see this? See, there are, I think there are a lot of Warriors fans that would rather have Kelly Oubre. And I think the majority of Warriors fans, because Kelly Oubre is athletic, Kelly Oubre can shoot. Kelly Oubre does the things that make the Any highlight shoot? tape. Well, I'm still going off the preseason, you know? For his career, he's still 35%. I'm going off of that. Actually, how about this, Sam? Shoots better than Lonzo. Um, I don't know that he shoots better than Lonzo. Well, anyway, looking wait, at Lonzo wait. Ball, I don't, I don't know. How about this, then? Maybe the bar is even lower. At least his shot looks better than Lonzo's. I, here's the thing. I, here's no the thing. I love Lonzo. <laughs> I love Lonzo. Like, I love Lonzo Ball because I love high IQ players. That's I've always said for the listeners who have listened to us forever or the new listeners. I love high IQ players. I'm more similar to Steve Kerr, even though all I do is troll Steve Kerr on the internet, is that he wants to bring smart players on. And, Sam, does Steve Kerr even like coaching Kelly Oubre? Something tells me that he doesn't. Right. And, and, and do you think he would love coaching Alonzo ball? Like, I think St- regardless of LaVar, regardless, yeah, I was going to say that, that we could do an hour on the Lonzo LaVar Kerr dynamic, but <laughs> yeah, but I'm taking out LaVar. Let's say Steve Kerr love, loves Lonzo's play so much that he's willing to, to put up with, with LaVar. Lonzo is a perfect fit for the way that Steve Kerr coaches. I don't even want to say the perfect fit for this team. I'm just going to say he's perfect for what Steve Kerr wants to do. Like he, you know, it's interesting. I feel like Lonzo, you are correct. The Warriors are one of like three teams in the NBA where I think Lonzo would really be maximized. And not on New Orleans. Definitely not, right? Definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that's that what I was going to say. There's like two yeah. to three teams because his game is 90% of teams in the league just want to run high pick and roll and three and D guys, right? And that's not Lonzo. He's not a high pick and roll guard and he's not a three and D wing. So he's kind of one of those guys who fits more into a motion offense where he passes, cuts, spots up, um, uses IQ again to transition. And in many ways, it's it's he's he's not Andre Godala. Uh, he's definitely not Sean Livingston stylistically. But it's like how those guys are always good players. But on the Warriors, they became even better players because the system kind of prioritizes IQ and length over. Yep. Yep. Um, spot up ability and like downhill pick and roll ability. I think he would fit. I have a, I have one other, I have a stat for you here. So Lonzo last year shot 37 and a half percent on six over six threes a game. I think we'd all be ecstatic. If, if I could tell you, you get a guard who's six, six, who's one of the best passers in the league, highest IQ, and he can hit a spot up J right. 
I, I think we all agree that that would be, that's like a dream addition to the rotation, particularly yep. if they're young this year, he's shooting 30% from three and for his career, he's 33%. I have a theory why he shot so well last year. And it's uh, it's related to coaching last year. The coach was Alvin Gentry. They ran. They, he also has smoothed out his shot a little bit. Like, is it perfect? No, but it's significantly better than that weird sidewinder shot he had at UCLA. Right. When you let Lonzo play Lonzo's game, which involves running and kind of the things the Warriors want to do, running and then motion when you get in the half court, he can hit a shot. He can be pretty effective. They were fourth in pace last year. They were one of the fastest teams, pretty much tied with what the Warriors do. They pretty much ran a lot of the Warriors system, to be honest. Uh, Alvin Gentry had a hand in crafting it. This year, you bring in Stan Van Gundy. He's more concerned about getting the defense in line. They're 24th in pace. They're slow as shit. And Lonzo's not a walk-it-up-the-court, half-court player. Like, I think in many ways, he's kind of playing as bad as he can play because the way that Stan Van Gundy wants to play this team could not be more opposed to a skill set. And then the pieces that they put around him could not be more opposed to what, like the, like Brent, we're talking Brandon Ingram, Zon Williamson, Steven Adams. Like we're, we're talking a mishmash of, of players. Lonzo Ball and Kelly Oubre. I mean, you could say that the Warriors are buying low there. I, I'd probably say that's true. Although it's like to me, David Griffin, what, what, what's the, what's the give for, for David Griffin? Uh, there in that trade like do the Warriors have to send a pick um presumably people are saying it's a second round pick but do would they send a future future protected first round pick for this guy that that they that they'd get to keep for the future uh for a long time right because he's only 23 I think or, or something like that so I agree with you um it's almost like an Andrew Wiggins situation the Warriors do feel like very expensive by the way moving forward if they want to resign him but it's it's a classic Andrew Wiggins situation. Because the Warriors are unable to scout and develop talent, what they do is they scour the NBA for players like this. Players that are stuck in crappy situations. I think Kelly Oubre was even one of those guys that they he feel was, like yeah. that they feel like they can change with Wiggins. I cannot believe it, but they may have figured it out with Andrew Wiggins. And he with might, he might not be worth the max, but he's objectively productive. And and with Oubre. You know, maybe you have to wait till the end of the season, but I think that the Warriors don't want to wait. And I also, they're not, he's not on the roster next season unless they, unless they extend him, which I mean, the taxes with extending Kelly Oubre with, with what he's going to give you or with what they think he's going to, it's just not worth it because he's not a fit. You, you put him on, you put Kelly Oubre on like the Rockets team though of a year ago with Harden uh, and, and, and Russ, like, like that's a great fit, right? Like that's a perfect player for, you put him on the maps. Like you put Kelly Oubre on the maps. It's, I think it's great. Defend and slash. I think let, it's let, amazing. Let, let Luca just spoon feed him 15 <laughs> points a night. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's perfect, but but you can't do that. And Lonzo would be a horrific fit with those teams too, right? Right. Um, so so I was always all in on this trade, Sam. I, I think you've convinced me that that Lonzo is a is a great buy low candidate. Hey, we we love talking stonks. That's the new thing nowadays. So, you know, get get Lonzo while the while this while the price is low, you know, and watch him explode. The thing is the the, the only thing, Sam, and we're, we're assuming about, we're assuming the price is low, but like I I'm just having such a hard time seeing teams who want to buy Lonzo because he's such a like particular fit, right? Yeah, so I guess the only problem here is that the Warriors are going to have to it's not like when you draft a player and develop him and find a good player, you don't have to pay him until years down the line. The Warriors are picking up these guys. They have to pay them. So Lonzo is, I don't even have his contract up, but I think he's, he has one more year. He has one no, more no, he's year. A like a he's, a free, he's a free agent. Um, is he a free agent or is he a quality? What, what, he's like a restricted, restricted free restricted, agent, right? which means that they could theoretically get screwed in the sense of someone gives them a big offer, but they always oh, have well, matching rights. They can match them, and I think they would have to. I mean, yeah. I think they would have to. They're going to match them, and somebody could just mess around and give them fifteen million, and they're going to match it. So that's the problem with what the Warriors do with these things is that they can get these players, Sam, and they can fix them, but then you got to pay these guys. Not our money, but I don't know if Lakeup like wants to do that, especially with Lonzo's. Just we love. Well, him. I mean, Lakeup like could him. fix his scouting department, so he didn't have to <laughs> buy his way out of it. But exactly. um, but you know, that's that's his problem, not mine. So yeah, yeah. Let's, let's turn to the other big trade rumor that's going. We've all seen the video clips of Bradley Beal, who looks like the most miserable human on earth after every game. Um, 
he hasn't requested a trade, but the rumor mill keeps flying that he, I mean, I'll ask you this. Do you think Bradley Beal will be a wizard next year? Next year? Will Bradley Beal be a wizard this year? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I hear you. Um, I, I say no. He feels no. like he feels like the next all-star to get traded, right? I do I do find it interesting. Um, by the way, Lonzo Ball qualifying offer 2021-2022 um for 14 million dollars before he becomes a restricted free agent. Um in, in 2021. Uh so anyway, doesn't matter. Um he seems to me a little bit different from James Harden and Kyrie and, and AD. Um, for some weird reason, he hasn't outwardly asked to get traded yet, uh, which is a little odd to me. Um, Gotta respect it a little bit. I do. I do. He seems like a nice person, and he seems like he maybe doesn't want to go that route because it is not like a. But on the other side, I'm like, dude, you're in Washington. Like, what have they done for you? Uh, To me, it's like they haven't really put the right pieces around you. They haven't really done well by you. It's not like Houston where they put a great GM with you, right? And they've put good players around. Or Boston, where Kyrie had an excellent team and just threw it up, blew it up for no reason. The Wizards currently have the worst record in the NBA. Um, and they, they traded a wall and a pick for, so it's not like this team is not run well. Um, I guess the question you're trying to get to here is what would the warriors, yeah, I was gonna say, the, uh, what should the warriors give up to get John, Jonathan Sharks of the ringer said the warriors owe it to Steph Curry to do this, which I, the general thesis, I agree with Steph is 32. He's still one of the best players in the league. It's going to be 33 you kind of owe it to him to go for it until he, you know, officially gets old and declining. Right. Um, That doesn't mean I think this is the trade. He flew, floated out there. Wiseman, the Wolves pick Wiggins, because you need one of your big contracts just to match and future picks for Bradley Beal. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, I like Bradley a lot, probably more than you, probably more than most of our listeners. You do like him a lot more than me. But I do not think he's worth more than James Harden and Paul George in a trade. Yeah. That's right. So so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna back this up and I'm gonna say I can't see Bradley Beal being moved for a package that big. Like the war is just gonna say no, you know. Paul George is an elite two-way wing. James Harden is one of the greatest offensive he's players of all time. He's an MVP. He's won an MVP. All time, you know, like just, just can carry an offense and, and team by himself. Bradley Beal is... You like Excellent. him better than me, Sam. I think he's good. I just... You're not willing to put him in that upper tier. I think he's a second-tier all-star. I actually think he's probably on the same level as Paul George. I think he's somewhere between like... That's not... You, you don't think it's that close? I, well, like I... I... Paul George, Paul George is very good. As much as I like, he to is. I love, Paul George. I love Paul George. Yeah, like, like I like Jalen Brown. Like, give me Jalen Brown more, more than I would take Bradley Beal. Right, give me the guy that that is a two way player. Um, also extremely like has blossomed into an absolute offensive star. Um, not as good as Beal, but I think Jalen Brown. Like, I would rather have him uh, is a name. I saw in, in one of our twenty group chats. I saw his name get thrown out there, Sam. So not as like a rumor, but just as a guy that sure. that you would like more than Beal. So. <sighs> Let's get to it. Would you do that? You would not. You would no, that's, not. That's do way Wiseman too much. So let's kick. let's. Now, to me, the interesting question is because if you look at like the big time trades, they've involved one big time young asset. You know, like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yep. Um, and then whatever salaries to match, and then just a boatload of pick swaps where yep. you're mostly assuming they're going to be in the twenties. Like you're, you're kind of gambling on the outside chance. They have a weird year where everyone gets hurt, but mostly it's going to be, you know, you're, you're getting that one young guy like Shay and a bunch of picks in the twenties. Yep. So for me, that means, would you trade one of either the Wolves pick, which is going to be high or um, Wiseman one or the other, and then just like three pick swaps or something like that. I would do the um I would do the and Wiggins. We, we can't we can't forget this. You have I to could, you I have to it has it has to be Wiggins or Clay or Draymond uh just for, for salary purposes. Like it doesn't work. I mean if you if you do it now, you can get him Beal's contract isn't 30 mil. Beal's contract's like 20. Maybe you can give him a maybe you can maybe you can get him Wiseman and, and Kelly Oubre. Uh but realistically, um if you had to pick, so I guess Wiggins would be a part 20, of that. 28. So 
you could potentially do Ubre, Wiseman, and the poo-poo platter of like smiling each and pool just to make the salaries work. I'm, I'm laughing because I knew you were going to say that. And it's like, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, uh, I would, if I had a chance, I would trade Wiggins and Minnesota pick in two seconds, like in, in two seconds. The problem is, would you trade Wiseman instead of the Minnesota pick? But then you're keeping the Minnesota pick because of what? Right. Then you want a good guy there, but then it's almost like, well, then I guess you can. It's just like another Wiseman. Like, as far as I you're know, just, Evan Mobley is another Wiseman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going backwards. To, as far as I know, you're getting another Wiseman because you're not getting Kate Cunningham, which, which is like, which seems you're like probably not getting Mos- You're probably getting, Mo- you're not getting Mobley. Actually, to be honest, the players who are projected in the four to seven range are all kind of wings anyway. They're all like players who play clay and, Beal's positions if you if I really had to choose though Sam yeah I would do it like right if you ha- if you really had to go down to it and let's say you have to go Wiseman a bunch of like maybe an un- a future future unprotected first and then like fourth pick swaps like yeah of course like of course you do that I, I don't think there's a question there I think am I right do you disagree I would I would rather do the Wolves pick than Wiseman yes yes correct um, be, mostly because wise the wolves pick is just going to be another year behind developmentally. Mm-hmm. And yep. but let's let's throw this in there. Would you do the wolves pick and Clay Thompson? You asked that question. You answer it. You sicko. God. I think we owe the. I think it's a fair question because Clay is missing the whole year. I think he's going to be on minutes restrictions all of next year. Yep. At least I, for the first half. At minimum, yeah. And you're hoping by the playoffs he looks kind of like how KD looks now where you're kind of like gloves are off and he's kind of himself, right? Um, it's kind of tough, right? I, know, I, I just know I'm getting just unfollowed and just blocked by half the listeners right now. So so, so that means you'd do it. So that means you'd, you'd make that happen. You said Clay and the Minnesota pay. I guess the better question yet, because I, I wouldn't, um, because I'm a sucker for sentimentality. Uh, I'm, I'm an SF Giants fan. Um, I think I owe it. I think if I were Joe Lacob, or I would owe it to have Steph Clay and Draymond run that back one more time and see if they can win a title. Because trading for Bradley Beal does not get you a title. It, maybe it does, but it does not say we are now the favorites. What that does is it says we're going to be a damn good team. We could win a title. We're close. You know what? Yeah, yeah, maybe. And and I think to me, it's like. I think there's a bit of just, you know, take away kind of the, the spreadsheets and the value and, and all of that. I think just from a perspective of just kind of the Warriors as a franchise, if you trade Clay Thompson, you don't win a title. Um, what does that say about future free agents or future players that want to come to you and say, damn, like Clay Thompson was part of a team that gave his ACL away for a franchise that won three titles, five finals, and then they flipped them for Bradley Beal. Like it's probably the right move. Like on the court, it probably is, but I don't know how you can do that and, and look your fans in the eye unless unless you tell me they're winning the championship. But I don't think that. Movie yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those. If you do it and you don't win a title, you you have you are really bad. Um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Here's my other take. I don't think they're trading for Bradley Beal. I think Steve Kerr. <laughs> I think the Warriors are lower on Bradley Beal than Sam. Honestly, and, and it think- makes sense, right? And it makes sense. Yeah, I think they want to. One, we know they value length. Bradley Beal's—he's not like under—he's a little undersized, right? He's not like too small, but he's—you know—he already have Steph. Yeah, he's their undersized guy is Steph. Yeah, like they want one undersized guy that they want to deal with is Steph. But yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, so it's like—I mean—I think that's the other part of it. I think they're going to pass. I think, quite frankly, they'd rather draft Jonathan Kuminga, bring back Wiseman try to go full spurs with like this strength in numbers, some young guys, some vets and see what happens. I think actually they're probably only willing to trade Wiseman or the Wolves pick. If we're talking about like the rarefied, like Kawhi, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid Giannis, I think Joel, like yeah. that class of player. Right. Yeah. Like, I, and, and maybe, maybe that's the right move. Maybe, maybe it is the right move, but I'm just looking at it from the perspective of you still have one of the two to three best players in the NBA named Steph Curry. And I don't want to be wasting years of his. And I feel like if you can get him for clay and the wolves pick a lineup of Steph Beal, 
Wiggins, Draymond, and Wiseman can win a title. Steve Kerr is going to walk into that front office meeting and he's going to say, who's guarding the two? Who's guarding the one? It ain't Steph and it ain't Bradley Beal. Like, who is taking that assignment? That's Someone's going to say, Andrew Wiggins. And, and I'm just telling you what Steve is saying, right? Like, I'm not saying whether it's the right move or not, because it could be. But that deal, like you said, I agree, Sam. Like, you just said, I don't think it gets done because Steve walks in there and says, we're not playing any fucking defense. Like, and I think and I think Bob is aligned with him on that for more more, more than not. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and uh, like, do we even know if Clay can guard ones or twos? He's guarding threes. He's I'm gonna say he's guarding threes and Wiggins guarding ones and twos, right? Like that's true. That's what true. I'm gonna assume next year is gonna happen, and, and that's what they could say too. But and and, and Dikembe Wiggs, you're gonna put him on the point guard. <laughs> you know what? Bring Uber back. Get him get him a four-year 80 million dollar deal. Pay the taxes, Joe. Get him back. He can guard the ones too. Um all you'll right. start. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh okay, so so um, I envision them, and I agree with you. I think that what they're really going to do is they're going to stand pat, and they're going to use that pick um, unless they get a star. Um, but Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons look really happy. Uh, big win last night against the Lakers. Um, they'll draft Kaminga. <laughs> they'll get two. Now they now they've got a big wing. They've got a franchise center, franchise wing, and they're going to say, you know what, Steph has. You know, we're not wasting years. You know, Steph, we're going to extend Steph's Steph's last playing until he's years. 40. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, Steph may not be the best player on the team and still be winning championships would be the argument that I think they're going to make. The Tim Duncan. It, 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 like, James Wiseman is going to win Steph Curry three championships from 37 to 40. You know what I mean? Like, like that's it's kind of ga- what they're It's a thinking. gamble. It's a gamble. But um, you know what? Like, I guess all that matters is if Steph's on board with it, you can do it. If he's not, then maybe we maybe we have to talk about Bradley Beal a little more. I think Steph is on board with it. So. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com